Welcome into the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray, a locally produced program devoted to bringing you a fresh perspective on housing, diving into the issues that matter most. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. And now, Kevin Ray. Welcome into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray. I am your host, and I'm here with Mark Griffith, our executive producer and co-host. Welcome to the Housing Hour. And we want to first and foremost uh, just say thank you to 98.7 and bringing us back. We have our show now back on the on the FM dial, and we're so thankful for the opportunity to be back here. We had some great years with uh, this station um, earlier, and uh, we l- had a little hiatus, and now we're back. So. Yeah, and the fans requested us to come back on FM, so here we are. <laughs> That's exactly right. So we're grateful for that, and we want to let you guys know how to plug in with us. You can go to our website, it's thehousinghour.com. You can listen to our shows, our past shows. You can share with friends and family. And we also, of course, are on all the social media platforms as well. So you can go to thehousinghour.com and click on one of the Facebook or Twitter accounts or just go directly to Facebook and search for The Housing Hour. Um, we'd love to um, interact with you. We're going to talk about a, a host of different topics. And today, actually, is The Housing Hour Sports Edition mm-hmm. is what we're going to have today. And uh, we have in studio with us two VIPs, actually, including Mark. He's a VIP as well. Mm But uh, on the radio with us today for our first show back in 98.7, we have Eric Ainge, VFA, (laughs) (laughs) and also with the Eric Ainge show on 99.1, the sister station to 98.7 from 9 to 12, Monday through Fridays. Um, and the other uh, VIP in studio is an incredible man. <laughs> he has to <laughs> who, be. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be sitting here today, <laughs> literally and figuratively. It's John Ray, my father. Welcome in, John. Thank you. Should I call you dad or John? You can call me dad. Okay. <laughs> he's like, he's like, you're going to call me dad. <laughs> Who's your daddy? Yeah. That's awesome. Well, well, we're so grateful to you, Eric, for making um, you our first guest and just coming in because we love sports on the housing hour. And if people recall, we had the Vol Nation series yes. that we had Eric on prior. He started he, it. That's He's right. the one that he thought was, of it. Yeah, he did. And so we had, you know, Eric, we had Inky Johnson, we had Butch Jones, mm-hmm. we had Bob Kessling, we had, you know, quite a few different VFLs. Other than Bobby. me, that's a who's who right there. <laughs> well, right. And, and Bobby Denton. Bobby Denton. Oh, man. He even did uh, the, the, the call. famous call. That's right. That's so cool. And he corrected me, too, when I didn't get it right. So, <laughs> But we, we're just thankful, Eric, because your show over um, on 991 has really kicked off well, and you're really getting a lot of attraction aren't you? We are, man. It's just, you know, been a few weeks now, I guess almost a month. And it's, uh, the results that we've gotten so far and the feedback and how many people are listening and interacting, interacting with us. It's, it's been awesome. Over- overwhelming, to be honest. And and you actually get to be your, your satellite and your coverage is on the radio. You can actually hear it now. Hey, Oh yeah. It's <laughs> awesome, man. Um, well, that's awesome. And, and, you know, the thing I like about your show is I like the, the chalk talk, you know, where, Hey, I'm going to tell you, Here's what's going on. Here's what's you know going on in this play. Here's what's happening. The the broader scope. Um, some of the other sports talk that I've heard, it's been sort of a generic feel, and they're talking about more the gossip side of it, which I like when you do that too. But you know, my dad, dad, you listen to his show. 
Oh, yeah. He's made you late to work, you said, a couple of times. Well, I, I purposely come in late <clears throat> just so I can listen to the first 15, 20 minutes. Nice. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But what is it, Dad, that you like about the show? Well, I think Eric does a great job, and, and his co-host is really excellent. Brian Rice. With, with the yeah. details, he seems to know everything. And, and then uh, he Eric. Fills in the gap. I'm a good recruiter. I went and found him. I was like, man, this guy knows everything about every other sport and a lot about football. Yeah, and he's amazing. And, of course, Eric is, uh, adds a lot of color and humor, and I love to hear him talk about his career and the various things he's seen in the in the sports world. Right. Other than just football, he's, he's experienced a lot, like – uh, his recent experiences in in pitching uh, baseball. Mm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> brutal. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, that that's a, a unique segue because talk about your experience down there. Because you went down to Florida, you got to be a part of the training camp. The, this is the who's who. People pay to do it, right? Yeah, it was this. It, well, it was the same. Yeah, we went. My friend Matt Stillwell and I, is a country music singer, we went down on behalf of Budweiser. They they took uh, Matt and I down there, and it's the St. Louis Cardinals fantasy baseball baseball camp and they do it every year down in Fort Myers, Florida. And, uh, I even thought about going and, and you know, messing with Kiffin somehow, but I was too busy, so I couldn't, but of all fans, I would have, if I could have, um, but no, it, yeah, something, something good. Uh, but no, it's, I mean, Ozzy Smith was down there. Um, gosh, who else? Yeah. Whitey Herzog was down there. Whitey. The rat Whitey was down there and he's as sharp as ever. He knew every stat from every team he ever coached. And he's been around, he's been on this earth a long time. And he he was just as sharp as ever. So there was and there were a lot of great. Pro- Brian Jordan was down there. He just wanted to talk football with me the whole time and and talk about the Falcons. So that was pretty fun. To he was excited there towards the end of the day. Uh, the last day we were there, we found out the Falcons were going to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, and so he just wanted to, he just wanted to talk about the opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. Let's actually segue into that game because I, I want to talk about the Super Bowl because I want to get your take on it because you have in the Super Bowl two quarterbacks really that are the probably the best two quarterbacks in the league right now, which is saying something for Tom Brady, considering he's been in the league for so long. Absolutely. You know, I mean, had he not uh, been suspended for those four games, he would have led in every statistical category. And he could still win the MVP, honestly, because of his, his stats. But um, first of all, you know, Tom Brady's never lost to Atlanta in his career. Do you anticipate that happening? I, I've picked against Atlanta for about a month in a row. Mm-hmm. At this point, I'm going to keep doing it because I want them to win. Right. <laughs> so, so, so I'd love for the Falcons to beat the Patriots. I'm not one of those guys that just hates the Patriots for everything. I'm a fan of sport. There you go. I'm a fan of sport and people that are really good at it. And although I don't respect every every way that the Patriots go about their business, the little things that they do and that they've overcome, you know, like the filming and cheating, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> the little things, right? Um, I, I just think there's so many other things that they stand for as an org- as an organization mm-hmm. that they that are so much more important in the world we live in now. Yeah. Then you know you, you can't cheat, you can't film, you can't deflate balls, you can't film the other team practice, you can't do all that. But Belichick doesn't stand for a lot of the things that a lot of these teams will go and sign a guy. Off a you know two days off a domestic violence charge, right? And all these other things. Three, yeah. He'll at least give him a week, right? No, but I mean, it's it's. I just I just I think that he's he's a good coach. I think Brady. I think that they handle their business in a, in a unique way. I wouldn't like um, 
to be rooting against them. Like if they were one of the teams I rooted against all the time, they would yeah. drive me nuts. But since I just sit back and observe, yeah, you know, they, they're really I good. And Dante Stallworth went there because I was torn, you know, you wanted to see him succeed, but you also didn't want to see the passes coming from Brady. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, Brady has proven, and I hate to even hear myself saying this, but he's proven that he not only is a great quarterback, but he has longevity. You know, you look at the Peyton Mannings and he's a great, obviously the best of all time in my book, but you know, he, couldn't last as long as maybe a Brady could. Now, with that being said, in that game, you have on the other side, and we only have a couple of minutes left in the segment, and we're going to get into some other Tennessee stuff, but I did want to tackle this real quick before we did get all out of this first segment. You have a guy in Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. I mean, this is like a dynamic duo, and I hate anything Alabama, as I know you do, but Julio Jones is the real deal, right? I like Matt Ryan and Julio Jones for two reasons. And it's again, and I think again, man, it all goes back to everything that I've just said. I mean, you look at all the stuff going on in our world today, and I'll avoid the political conversation because that's not what you guys in, invited me over here to do. You invited me to talk, this you know, to talk football. Board. Yeah, no, I know <laughs> exactly. This isn't this isn't Phil's show, right? That's right. Um, but I just think I put so much more stock in people that handle their business the right way. Mm-hmm. And Matt Ryan has been sh- shouldering all the blame for six, seven years now in Atlanta for yeah, losing. Right. Julio Jones is a stud. He's a perennial all-pro. You never hear about him doing anything wrong. Hmm. I mean, those are pros, pros, role models. They do it right. They handle their business, success and failure alike. They give the coach speak press conference. They give you the thumbs up and they go back to work. Yeah. And he and came I just, from Boston College. And he came from Boston College. Yeah. yeah. So I just, I don't know. I just, that workman's mentality I yeah. like. Well, and, and we only have a minute left in this, in this segment. And I was also thinking about Matt Ryan, and I was thinking about how much more I am impressed with Eric Berry's show in Atlanta based upon what they're doing. You know, to intercept the guy for a pick six and then a pick two, you know, best quarterback, take him to the to the Super Bowl. Eric Berry single-handedly won that game. And had he had some other players around him, maybe we'd be talking about, you know, Eric Berry going to the Super Bowl. But that didn't happen, unfortunately. So who do you like quickly in the Super Bowl, Dad? I think the teams are equally matched. I think Atlanta's got the best running back duo with Freeman and Coleman in the pros. Mm-hmm. But I think the Patriots' defense will win the game yeah. for them. I, I I want Atlanta God, to win tough. so bad. You know how I love uh, yeah. the Patriots. Well, look what Roethlisberger's <laughs> been able to do time and time again. And then the Patriots pretty much shut him down. I mean, yeah. he didn't have anything going. Who do you like, Mark? Falcons. Falcons. Yeah, I, I definitely think the offensive explosive enough. Mm-hmm. I think I think they'll get it done. Well, here's I think, what I'm gonna do. I'm putting all my money on the Patriots so that I win anyway. Either way, how about that? <laughs> there you go. No matter. I what. I wouldn't win with the spread though. I'm sure. Well, guys, this is the housing hour, and we're here with Eric Ainge and John Ray, and we're just thankful for them to come in studio and talk with us. And we'll be right back after these messages. Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray. I'm your host. Again, I'm here with Mark Griffith, our executive producer and co-host. 
And we are very grateful for the opportunity to be here speaking with you today. We definitely want you to share this show with friends and family. You can go to the mothership of all of our information. That's the housinghour.com. It's sort of the treasure trove of information. We're talking sports today, but the housing hour, as you might imagine, um, is all about housing. And we certainly love housing. Uh, Mortgage Investors Group is the sponsor of this show. And dad would agree it's the best mortgage company in the whole entire state of Tennessee. Um, But anyway, we're just grateful. And uh, today we have on the show Eric Ainge, who is a VFL um, really had an incredible career um, with Tennessee, of course, and, and all, all of his fans that are now following him over on 99.1 certainly know that and are excited to have him. I think it's cool that they can call in and ask Eric questions. Eric had a pretty good career at, at Tennessee. He was a 2004 freshman All-American, SEC Offensive Freshman of the Year, according to the Sporting News, which is a pretty big deal. Um, also, he had several, if you recall, Dad, Player of the Week awards as a freshman. Once we got um, Brent Schaefer out of the way, he, you know he was lighting it up. You know, I mean, Pesky Schaefer. That's right. <laughs> we had he had some great great games, and you know, one of the things my best friend Chad Tarwater was supposed to be here, but his son actually fell ill last night, so he couldn't be here. But I was going to ask the question that he wanted to ask, and I think it's a great one. And a lot of people like me. You know, we watch a game and we see what the quarterback's doing and we see the we see the the ball. We watch the ball and and dad's over here signaling to me what to say. Um, We watch the ball and and then we tend to lose sight of maybe what's going on in the line or what's happening with the linebackers or what, you know, whether the safeties are blitzing or whether the linebackers are paying zone or whether they're doing a run blitz or whatever. See, I know what I'm talking about. But as a quarterback, this is where Chad's question comes in. He wanted to know. You know, when you come up to the line of scrimmage, walk us through exactly what you're doing. Now, keep in mind, this is just a first, maybe first or second down. You know, you have a little flexibility on what you can call. Okay. You maybe have a couple of plays that Cutcliffe has put into your head. So talk, walk us through. What are you looking at? Are you looking at the linebackers? Are you looking at the safeties? Tell us what you're doing. Every single play has a trouble series. Every single play that you have, the first thing you have to learn if you want to be a good at the line quarterback, someone who can call his own play, someone who knows how to walk up and go through the checklist that you're alluding to, you have to know the problem series or trouble series for each play. If you have a single back run to the open side, meaning no tight end, right? So you're, you got one running back and he's going to run a zone, little zone downhill play to the left. You can't do that if there's a four-man side over there. There's nobody to block him. Mm. So you have to – so that would be like – you know, that's. I mean, I'm using an easy one. You walk up there. You don't have a tight end, let's say, to the left, right? There's no, no tight end on the left. You just have the left tackle. And you're under center or in shotgun or in the pistol. doesn't matter. But you're going to run a, a zone play to the left. You have to count the guys from the center over. And if you have a three-man side, go ahead and run it. If you have a four-man side, and that could be a safety coming down, a corner blitzing, any fourth guy, that could be the front stemming from a, a, a strong front to an under front, which means now the, the front is slid to the weak side. So now the guy's playing on the center, the left guard, and the left tackle, plus the will linebacker. So it does. It may look like three, but you got to count that guy who just slid over to play on the center now. So that's part of you. What you're that would be at. one play. You have to understand that one play where you go. Okay, so the first thing I need to do if I want to run this this zone play over here is see if I have a three man side. And if I have a three man side on you know first and ten, just go ahead and run it. Mm-hmm. Um, if not. 
and I'm getting a, and then you have to know, you have to be smart enough to understand where your fourth guy would come from. You know, you have to understand coverage shells and where is it a corner blitz? Is it, you know, just a trap corner to be in run support? You can't block him. The receiver can't move because he's on the line of scrimmage. Mm. He can't come in motion to block him. He's set on the line. So if the corner, so we used to do this with Jason Allen all the time because he was such a big, strong corner. Anytime they'd have, because he played in the boundary, anytime there'd be just a receiver and a tackle and that guy would be set. A lot of times what we would do is we would audible to two trap and then Jason became the fourth guy and it looked like a blitz, but it wasn't. He wasn't trying to sack the quarterback. It was effectively a run blitz mm-hmm. with Jason Allen where he would sprint inside the guy where the corner couldn't block, the receiver couldn't block him. And he was a linebacker. So. And he was six two, you know, 210 pounds and he would be the fourth guy over there. Mm. And if you did call that play, because that's, that's also your next part of my conversation, which is your bailout. Mm. You have to know in every formation and every personnel, the, oh crap right. moment where you go, right. I have six seconds and I thought I was right and I'm wrong. What am I going to get to? Mm. And zone to the tight end is always usually pretty safe. Mm. But if you don't have a tight end, you can't run a zone play to the left mm. to a four-man side if it's a trap court. You can, but you're going to get hit in the backfield or you're going to fumble. Mm-hmm. So you have to know these things. Butt you have fumble. to, yeah, you, yeah. You don't want nobody wants to butt fumble. But what? <laughs> so there's like all you have all these different things that go on. And that's just one play. Now that sounds complex. Mm-hmm. That's only like six seconds of information. Right. Walk up. Mike's fifty-four. Hut hut hut. Boom. Look. Safety didn't come down. Three-man side. Green twenty. Green twenty. Hut. Snap it. Hand it off to the left and go play football well how's uh, the zone read changed things since you've played and what you just described how it has the zone read the zone read has made quarterbacks not as smart because you don't have to know that mm-hmm. you just have to read the in man on the line of scrimmage you go snap it and play football and just play faster snap it faster play faster you don't have to know all these things that i'm talking about you don't have to know all the ins and outs of every coverage in front and defense time to read it you don't have so all you have to but you have, you have to be athletic enough to pull it and run right right and which is a which is invaluable you know by itself right. but god forbid you had a quarterback that was athletic enough to do that and taught to play like a guy like I would like I was taught like Cut or Peyton or one of those guys where you effectively could be a defense. I would be a better college defensive coordinator than I would offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. I firmly believe that, and uh, you know, I may, may maybe not teaching a linebacker how to tackle, that, but that schematically, job, that job may be open next year. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, but I mean, in, in all in all seriousness, I mean, you get like what would happen if you'd have had Josh Dobbs uh, as a freshman, you know, and you'd have been teaching him to play the game. Like from David Cutcliffe Mm. or one of these kind of guys and everything I've been saying, but when in doubt, your bailout isn't to know to get to this. Your bailout is get to the three man side run or get to this. Oh, and by the way, if all else fails, you don't have to just fall over in the fetal position, Ainge, (laughs) you know, and start crying, asking for your mom. Right. right? You you can go take off and make 15 yards because you're athletic enough to do it. Well, that's what Condridge Holloway used to do. He used mm. to pull it down and run, and I mean, he could run for that 15 yards. Absolutely. Well, what's the difference with his ability, and and how would he have fared in today's? Um, well, I think Condridge. I think Condridge would have been amazing. Now, him, you talk about a baseball player, football player, right? Everything. He's one of those guys that's his athleticism is timeless, and he would have trained harder in the weight room. 
he would have been taught different as the game changed. He would have changed. I mean, you take he would a guy more real, sne- a real. Yeah, he would have actually been able to cut. You know, because he showed us in his office one day what he wore on the field, and it was like Converse, like tennis shoes. Yeah, right. Oh yeah, it's unbelievable. It yeah, he reminds me a lot of the Louisville quarterback who won the Heisman, Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah no, I know absolutely. I mean, not Bridgewater. Yeah, um, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they are a lot alike. Yeah, um, he's you know he's got a lot. He's got a lot of. Condridge is one of those guys. I mean, you could go back through every decade at UT football and go, what if that guy played today? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And what if that guy played today? And honestly, I would probably say with about every one of them, I'd say they'd wreck shop. They'd be even better now. Mm-hmm. It's not an athletic thing. The easy thing would be to say, well, Condridge, the guys tackling Condridge weren't as athletic as the guys that would be trying to tackle him now, so maybe he'd struggle. I would say the exact opposite. I would say Condridge himself would have been twice the athlete because he would have been doing all the same things. His athleticism would have been, you know, better, just like the safety's athleticism would have been better. He'd have been lifting weights at twelve. He'd have been going to camps. He'd have been studying film. He'd have been doing all these different things. Yeah. Well, that I'll everybody else, else was. Who this is one of Dad's all-time favorite quarterbacks is Tony Robinson. Oh yeah, oh, he yeah. would have, he great. would have burned it up. Don't oh man, well Tony would have burned it up. You know, Tony was one of those guys that if if he. You look back on and you just and you go, man, what could have been? Right. Yeah, right. You know, and 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 I'm glad he seems like he's doing awesome now. Um, but it's just you, you just look at one of those. You go, man, what could have been? I mean, you could say that for at every school. Yeah, and Stur- you know, Sterles, you know, truly was all injury. You know, injury. <laughs> he's a better DJ than he was. A quarterback. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and maybe sorry, Sterl won't Sterl won't ever like the best thing that ever happened to Sterl was not having to play because now Sterl. Was a three-time Heisman Trophy winner that just was too injured to play. Right, that's mm. true. That's true. If oh. you ask Sterl, right, <laughs> exactly. He's great. We love. He's an him. awesome guy. He's, he's a great VFL, and we only have one minute left in this segment. Um, one of the things we want to get to in the last last segment that we're going to have with you, we only have a few minutes left with you, is to talk a little bit about Butch Jones, and I want to just get your opinion on you know where we go forward, where you think we are realistically, because there's a lot of people listening to our show that enjoy the sports part of it but maybe they don't tune in 9 to 12 because they just don't have the time they're at work or whatever but on Saturdays at 3 to 4 they like to hear about this so we're going to tackle that issue and a few others right after these messages Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray. I'm your host. I'm here with Mark Griffith, our executive producer and co-host, and I'm also here with Eric Ainge, VFL, also host of the Eric Ainge Show on 99.1, the Sports Animal, Monday through Friday, nine to twelve. Uh, also an endorser of Mortgage Investors Group, who also sponsors this show as well. Um, you can contact us at migonline.com or 1-800-489-8910, Tennessee License 1091-11. So we're here in studio also with my dad, who uh, works at SunTrust. He's been there for several years. Um, incredible 
uh, originator, does a fantastic job, great with customer service, would have been a great fit. We're talking about, boy, Tony Robinson would have burnt it up um, at Tennessee these days. Well, John, had he been at MIG, he would have burned it up if he would have been at Mortgage Investors Group, I'm telling you. He's done great. He always gets a plaque and the awards banquet. He does a fantastic job. And um, anyway, but I had to say that. But Dad, you had a question about uh, maybe something that, because you watched every game going back to um, General Nealon, probably. Well, actually, 1956. Yeah, uh, yeah, I was going to ask Eric, one of my favorite moments in Tennessee football was in the Georgia game. Eric was a freshman. We didn't really know what was going to happen with the quarterback position at that time. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget, Eric drops back, moves out to the left side of the line, pump fakes the Georgia DB. The Georgia DB's pants fall right off. <laughs> he hits a guy in the corner of the end zone for a touchdown. Yeah. And it, I mean, the Neagle State, I don't even know if it was at home. It was, it was, it was at Georgia, yeah. yeah Walk yeah. us through that play, Eric. Do you remember it? Yeah, no, I, rem- I remember it. Brett Smith caught it. Um, we you're you're going back through and you're trying to remember on every different protection which ones have hots built hot routes built into it which one you have to hit the flat route which one you have to audible and hit the little you're trying to learn all these things on the fly because they're putting them in each week and you're a true freshman you've never played before mm-hmm. um and, and also are competing for the quarterback job and we had the first game we ever called a drop back pass in was Florida. First two games we had, we, we just right. called quick game and and play action. We didn't actually call a managed drop back protection. And then we played Auburn and I turned the ball over five times. <laughs> so this so they went maybe we should put a little more emphasis on these drop on you know, teaching the drop back protections. And I was right. like, wasn't well, that you just didn't tell me it was curl flat? Don't call the play Z seam if you don't want me to throw it to the Z. Tell me it's curl flat. Right. So we had that whole conversation on the sideline um, about what to call play when you draw them in the dirt right that, that isn't that ridiculous yeah, so exactly. you draw a play in the dirt and then you call it 60z it was curl flat on right. both sides and right. i'd probably thrown a million of them already by the time i got to college so right. i dropped back i didn't know what was going on i threw the ball to the z twice brett Schaefer would have interception <laughs> just <kidding>. interception <laughs> i was like gosh can we just get it you know let's just call it something else yeah if Vern you draw Lundquist it in the dirt was up there saying there he is for another interception yeah and gary daniel was oh, i told you this guy sucks he'll <laughs> suck forever but no you know when you when you go back and you look at, at that specific play i dropped back and i was gonna throw the hot route because mm-hmm. they blitzed and then i remembered oh no i don't have to throw the hot route i can go through the whole protect i can he's blocked so i dropped back and went to throw it it was a great pump fake because i was really gonna throw it <laughs> everybody in the stadium including me thought it was coming out of my hand so that's why the db jumped on it and then i went oh no and as i was pumping the ball to, to the to the flat i went over there and you know turned around and i just saw brett kind of i saw him pop as I, my eyes were going across the field and i went well there it is. Well, well, okay. And I just kind of chucked it back there, and I knew it was him or nobody. But yeah. it looks crazy on film because I start on one side, and then I look to the other side, and I pump fake, and then I just kind of wrist it to the back of the end zone. Right. That's so awesome. it looks yeah, it looks it a lot great. better. It's a lot more glorious than it really was. That game, actually, <laughs> me and Pam, because it, it was a it was a night game, if I'm not mistaken. You guys got back like at 1 a.m. or something at, mm. at McGee Tyson, and me and Pam went to the airport. Oh, cool! This is before we had kids, and we before yeah, and we, you could do stuff like yes. that. <laughs> so we were we were at the airport, and we unfortunately we didn't really get to see you guys at the airport. I got to see Coach Fulmer because he came out of the terminal, but you guys were on the bus and way far away. So then we went down to campus. 
we were so excited about the future of Tennessee sports and what right. was happening. But you did a great job. Was there any other um, questions that you had? We well, only have I, a few minutes left. I was just going to mention the fact that when Kevin was about Nihada Grasshopper, I think he was maybe three years old, Yeah, uh, I took him to the Omni in Atlanta. Oh, yeah. For the regional NCAA finals. And, the, you know, the Omni had a uh, – the floor was about 18 inches high. And we, Tennessee was playing Virginia, Ralph Sampson. But the, the, oh, yeah. But the big moment of that trip, Kevin and I were watching, and it, right at the end of the game, Brigham Young is playing Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Here comes Danny Ainge. Classic. Five yeah. seconds to go. The length of the stadium, lays it in. Brigham Young yeah. wins the game, and that's your uncle. Yeah, he, he kicked, dad's little brother. He kicked t- Kelly Trapuca around all day that day. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's all, yeah, that. I was at that game. Can you believe yeah. that? That's what, cool. What was so funny, you weren't even alive. I took Kevin down by the floor when Ralph Sampson was warming up, and Kevin barely eclipsed the, the floor. <laughs> and Ralph Sampson comes over to our corner and looks down at Kevin and waves at him. Turns around and Kevin was, would not come up to the top of the guy's shoe. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. He was huge. It well, was great. <laughs> that's some great memories. Um, I, before Eric has to go, because he's a very busy man, we only have like four minutes left with him today. Um, I want to talk just quickly. I want to get your take because, you know, I'm a Butch Jones fan. I love Butch Jones. I think he's doing a great I job. I am too. I mean, I really feel strongly now. The descent, the, the other side of that, you know, even if you look back to Western Michigan, Cincinnati, and his his winning record, 63% at Western Michigan, 60% at Cincinnati, and now he's at 59% at Tennessee. So you would have hoped that there would have been an increase in winning percentage, but he's never topped that. And as a matter of fact, last year he was 9-4. and four. The year before that he was 9-4, and four, but he actually won one less SEC game this year. So they're, they're all the people on the other side of the aisle are, are getting nervous, right? Um, we've had the recruiting class in 2013 was 17th, 2014 was 15th, 2015 was, uh, I think, 6th or 7th. So we've, we're starting to get back in there. We're 10th right now. We're 10th right now in 2017. Rivals and Scout were 10th. Okay. So my question for you, you know, and I know that you're, you're honest, Abe. You want to call it the way it is. But tell us, what what do you think is going to be happening? I mean, can we turn the ship around? I don't want to say turn it around, but can we get the, the ship out of port? I think that last year we were, I mean, you could make you could make an excuse for every single year as to why you didn't win a bunch of games. Um, last year was simple. We turned the football over seven times against Texas A&M, and we were undefeated heading into that football game. Right. So we were playing good enough football to win all the games we played. But then we turned it over seven times, you know, six heading into the to overtime, but, you know, ended up losing the game. But still, seven turnovers, you're not beating anybody. And then the next game you lose is against Alabama that gets beat in the national championship game. I don't know that we were that we would have beat them regardless this year. Um, you'd beat in Florida, you beat Georgia every year. He beats somebody that he's not supposed to or, or hadn't beat the year before. So he is doing, you know, he's doing a lot of things that people have been, have wanted him to do beat South Carolina a couple years in a row, you know, beat Spurrier, you know, got it, you know, nine games, nine games, beat Florida, beat Florida and Georgia in the same year. Um, things that haven't been done in a long time. I just think that when you look at each individual loss, a lot of them are preventable. And I don't put a lot of those on the coaching staff. And we scored, we only gave up 24 points against South Carolina. 
Should have won that game. Josh Dobbs, you know, Josh Dobbs missed more guys in that game and had a, he played bad. You know what? He had one bad, bad football. He had one bad football game all year long. So we can't beat up on the kid. One bad football game all year all year long, but it cost us a chance to go play in the division. The margin of error is so small in major college football. You know, and then you get to Vander, and then by the, those last few games on defense, we were terrible. But the offense picked us up, and at that point, you're playing for the Sugar Bowl mm-hmm. against Vanderbilt. This hurts my and, heart. And you just you know, like I get the Vandy game is the one that I can't get over. Right, that's the one I can't get over. You know, South Carolina, you, you had a quarterback. He played bad. You only gave up 24 points. A and M. I mean. My, you can't turn the ball over seven times. I don't see us being a seven turnover football team in the future. Yeah. And we had beat everybody else we played at that point. You're not going to beat Alabama. I can argue the South Carolina and A&M losses a little bit. Right. as And Vandy's then the Bama. But the Vandy one is the one where I just look back at it and I go, how on earth did you give up that many yards and play that poorly on offense in the second half and give up that much Especially to with that. Especially Mason wearing that vest. Uh, that's, the, that's the one that makes it hard. But you know what? They came back strong in the bowl game, and he's recruiting well, and no one works harder than he does. Um, I, I truly believe that they're one special player, one or two special players away. Well, that's great information, and definitely appreciate you coming in, Eric. You've got to be at your for, at your appointment yeah, here soon. No, I know I got to roll. Yeah, but thank you so much for coming in. We appreciate you. We have one more segment to talk it around here with our expert sports panel. <laughs> so thanks again, guys. We'll be right back. It's good to have you back on the air. Thank you. Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray, again, your host with Mark Griffith, our executive producer and co-host. And also we have sports analyst John Ray with us in studio. Extraordinary. Um, That's right. We're just grateful for the opportunity to be back here at News Talk 98.7. We're very happy to um, have our show from uh, 3 to 4, of course, on Saturdays. You can also listen to our podcast on iTunes. Also, we are um, always on thehousinghour.com. You can check out our show. Um, we're on all the social media platforms, so you can go to facebook.com um, slash the housing hour, Twitter at the housing hour, and you can also check out Mark's Pinterest page. As oh, well. it's, I'm an expert he, on it. He's an expert on Pinterest. So John had a Twitter account, but it was running up his data. <laughs> so shut it down. For, he shut to, it down for he, inactive use. He, he said, Kevin, I've never seen so much data in my life. They told me I've used up all my data. <laughs> well, when I want something Twittered, I just call Kevin and say, hey, Kevin, Twitter this. Yeah. It's tweet. It's, it's tweet. It's you were saying tweet. Whatever. Whatever. Okay. See there. Well, we had Eric, of course, on the show, and we're grateful for um, his partnership with Mortgage Investors Group and also the Housing Hour. Um, he helped bring us back to um, where we belonged, and we're thankful for that opportunity. And we also have an excellent producer with yes, Adam Litton. Adam Litton is the best in the business, and we're grateful for him. He does the news um, and a variety of other things, and he does a great job as well. He's so taking the garbage out when we leave, so we're good. <laughs> and he also he also has the competitor to Viagra who he endorses, right? 
I, I, it's not an endorsement. I just it's do a, the read. Oh, you just do the read. I don't, I don't make any money on that one. No, you're not a client. <laughs> no, no, is that, is not a success story. Is that, called, is that called Wham? What is that? I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Well, anyway, so we wanted to end the show today, just sort of wrapping things up. You know, me and Dad are huge Tennessee fans. Mark is a huge Tennessee fan. Mark played in the band. He was at the neck of the T, right? Whenever, right? Absolutely. I was in. Yeah, I was in the T. In the T when the when they would run on the field. And got to do some a bowl game, right? One bowl game. That's most. right. One and bowl game. You got to be in the pet band for the lady I balls also, one time. I, I, I followed them a lot. I was mm-hmm. in the pet band a lot with Pet Summit. <clears throat> but one of the things I got to do was uh, Reagan's inaugural. Oh, and you're that was kidding in the, me. That was in the uh, wow. That's cool. So I got to march in that parade. Whenever Trump's inauguration during when he was on the reviewing platform or whatever they called it, right? Um, the Pride of the Southland yes. came right through. That was oh, an incredible yeah. moment. I texted Dad. I proud, tell you, proud moment. He does do text, but it was really really <laughs> cool. And you could see Donald Trump. He said, "Wow, what a big band!" If you could read his lips, and then he said, "How did their football team do this year?" <laughs> no, yeah, huge. Yeah, the huge band. It's a huge band. Big league, big league. That's right. So anyway, um. One of the things I did want to discuss and get your all's take on it, of course, you know, this show might be being podcasted. You might be listening to us on thehousinghour.com. But where we sit right now today, Tennessee's playing Kentucky tonight in basketball. Uh, you know, we have uh, Rick Barnes, who's won two out of his last three SEC games as we stand now. He's beat Vanderbilt and he beat Mississippi State. And then he lost that in-between game. Who did they lose to in that in-between game? I don't remember who it was now. That's how badly I forgot it. But anyway, we're in a position right now where, you know, Rick Barnes has a lot of critics because we, we want to win. You know, he he just has critics because people don't understand basketball. And, I mean, I'm a defender of Rick Barnes. I think he's going to do an incredible job with us. He has really his players are now starting to be the team. Um, we still have some people that are hangovers from previous administrations, if you will. And one of those players, Mostella, got kicked off the team for breaking the rules. So now we have a clean slate. Um, we have two injuries, really big injuries. We have one specifically um, that was really a big injury for us. Um, what's the kid's name? Fulkerson. Fulkerson. He's going to be great for us. He's going to be huge. But, Dad, I want to get your take. What do you think? I know you've told me in years past that, you know, I just can't watch them anymore because they cause you so much heartburn. Where are you at with Tennessee basketball? Well, I really think that we've got a coach that, that knows basketball. Mm-hmm. He's the best on-floor coach I've ever seen. I think he's a better coach than Bruce Pearl. Mm-hmm. In fact, I would like Holly Warlick to go over and visit that side of the gymnasium and learn his offense because yeah. it's the most incredible offense. You know this is the flagship yeah. station over here. Well, you, well, you know, <laughs> if, if you watch his offense, they yeah. always have a purpose. Yeah. The only time that, that, that they fall apart is when they slow down at the end and try to right. hold a lead. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like uh, Coach Chavis's, uh, what, what do we used to call that? Third and Chavis. Yeah. And they just don't do well when they're not in motion. And right. This I team is that. great. And also, he's got them going after it on defense. Nobody, nobody gets an easy basket on that team uh, until those guys get tired. And they get tired a lot now because they don't have as many players. You alluded to the injuries and Mostella. That, that was a major loss. Yeah, it was. I think leading would, Second leading score coming off the bench. I, I think they would have probably been second north and third in the league uh, without those injuries. Fulkerson mm-hmm. was a major, major hit because mm-hmm. that guy, I think, will end up being all SEC. Couple I of definitely years. think he's long. He's got great basketball IQ. Yeah. And he's a real 
defensive threat. He's he's and longer than you think. He'll block your shot, but he can also take it to the cup and he can finish. Yeah, and the bone kid, man, mm-hmm. he, that's point guard. That's a Knoxville native. He, and you know what's amazing about him? Um, he Rick Barnes wasn't even recruiting him, yeah. and then he hired this coach from Tulsa who was recruiting him heavily. And so he, he came up and he said, you're not looking at this bone kid? What? And now he's yeah. one of our leading scorers. Of course, his brother, his brother played. Yes, he did. But he, he's the, you just watch him. He is the quickest guard you'll ever see. Yeah. You know? I watched him the other night. He took a pass, three-quarter court, and in less than two seconds, he was landing in the bucket on the other end. Just He reminds speed. me of Brandon Wharton a little bit. In his Much his, faster. His, he's faster than Brandon Wharton. Much Wharton. faster. He's probably closer to the Tony Harris as far yeah. as speed, I would say. Or White. Yeah. Remember him? Tony White, of course. The yeah. Wizard. Are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, another thing with Rick Barnes that I love, I absolutely love this about him, is that in his press conferences, he doesn't pull punches. I mean, he'll no. tell you. He'll say, "This is, hey, guys, we just didn't rebound. And then he'll pull the stat sheet up and he'll say, I mean, look at Mostella. He's got two rebounds that, that the whole game or yeah. you know whatever he'll call the players out which yeah. i think is important by name i mean he doesn't mince words right bruce i'm sorry butch jones on the other hand i think is too soft maybe sometimes on his players and i think that 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 critique in the players hear that it makes them want to get the approval of their coach well do you remember the day kevin we were over at the, the football installation at tennessee mm-hmm. and we were talking to the gentleman who was the player development uh, yeah well the the, the the guy who takes care of their attitude, you know, what, what do you call his the position? player development? Yeah. Well, anyway, he, he said these guys are spoiled rotten. Mm-hmm. And when they finally hit campus over there and, and hit the reality, that's true. Uh, things start to change. But I think Butch has kind of let that get away from him a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'll, you know, take for instance the tailback who left. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think we, we know the story yet on, on what happened with him. Right. But I believe he was dragging that team down. No, he was. And he needed to go. So. I, I, I believe that, yeah. too. And I think Butch put up with him a little too long. I think Jalen I think Jalen was indicative of a kid who was highly touted coming out of high school who really shined at Tennessee and never really had any adversity hit him. And then after that South Carolina game, well, after the, the Georgia game when he made that boneheaded decision to prance into the end zone, that was really the beginning of the end for him because Bruce called him on the carpet. Right. didn't let him come back in the game. Now, he also had a concussion, come to find out, and they gave him his helmet back mistakenly. I think there's some he said, she said on that. But the the thing about Tennessee sports is, is that we need an AD to get in there so that we can have a balance of power. Go ahead. Just one thing I thought of. Josh Dobbs is an incredible human being, an incredible football player. Mm-hmm. I know he wants to build rocket ships and stuff, mm-hmm. but I believe Saturday he's going to be in the Senior Bowl That's with right. Cameron Sutton. So everybody needs to be sure and watch and support those two guys. Absolutely. If if we could put a man on the moon, surely we can beat Vanderbilt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's my thought on that. I mean, in uh, Mark, you're watching sports. You you um you were in Vegas recently, right? Yes, I was. You had an incident um, the morning. <laughs> no, you can just we get... don't talk about Vegas. <laughs> but yeah, what it's happens supposed, in, supposed Vegas, to stay in Vegas? Stay in Vegas, right? Yeah. But um, I mean, sports is so popular in our society, and you saw that at the sports book. I mean, people are betting on sports right and left, and it's unbelievable what you can see. But what is your feeling about the trajectory of Tennessee sports specifically? You know, you talk about the most important ones: Tennessee football, obviously number one; Tennessee basketball, number two; uh, women's basketball, number three. 
three, and then it it goes on from there. Well, being a longtime UT fan, mm-hmm. off for life, I can tell Season you this. Season ticket holder. I, I'm going to tell you, and you know, pride of the Southland Marching Band. It starts with the AD. Mm-hmm. We have right. to get an yeah. AD that is all Tennessee, and mm-hmm. and either one, Blackburn or Fulmer, would be a great choice. My my choice would be Fulmer to bring him back. I think he'd represent Tennessee, and I think that's where you start, and you'll get the pattern and the continue yeah. um, up upward trend for UT sports. John, you think that Blackburn would be a better administrator? I mean, Fulmer seems to be maybe a better rah-rah kind of raw, selection. Raw, definitely. But I, what do you think? I totally disagree. Uh, Phil Fulmer was one of the best organized football coaches in, in the United States, has the one of the best records over his career of any coach, mm-hmm. was a great recruiter. He loves Tennessee. He bleeds loves orange. It. And he. And I, I saw a poll the other day. I think maybe uh, our friend Eric might have run this poll. But mm-hmm. yeah. so 70, no, he's no. not prejudiced or anything, but 72% <laughs> for Fulmer. And I think, you know, like 15% for Blackburn. And I, I love Blackburn, mm-hmm. too. But yeah, he's great. I, I just would love to see Fulmer. It'd be great the if they helm. both would come back. Fulmer as the AD and maybe um, Blackburn as the associate AD. Probably I think that probably would be happen, a good, And yeah. then Blackburn could then take the reins because I mean Fulmer is not a young you know spring chicken <clears throat> but you talked about uh, winning percentages and unfortunately we're coming to the end of the show but Urban Meyer of, on active coaches has an 85% winning percentage that's unbelievable yeah. number two is Lance is it Leipold I think at Buffalo 83% he's been in the league for 10 years Yeah. and then you have Tom Herman at 84% Jimbo Fisher at 83% Chris Peterson at 82% Bob Stoops at 80% and then you have to go all the way down to 50th place for our Butch Jones at at 63% for his career. He's at 59% at Tennessee. Unfortunately, I know you want to say something, but we can't let you because the (laughs) show is ending. But we want to thank everyone for coming into the housing hour, and we'll see you next time right here on the housing hour. That's the housing hour with Kevin Ray for today. Join Kevin and his guests each week at this time to keep up with the why and why not you need to know, so come here to find out. Also check us out at thehousinghour.com. This show is presented by Mortgage Investors Group.